Emma Constance. And I'm Lucinda. And together in our Kids Law podcast, we're going to take a look at the laws that affect children as we grow up. So what are we going to look at in this episode, Emma Constance? Well, we have heard that the laws are made by MPs in Parliament, and I want to know more about how this works, what they do, and whether the voices of children are heard in making new laws. MP stands for Member of Parliament. The country is divided into areas called constituencies, each of which has an MP who represents the people who live in it. MPs belong to political parties, and when we vote in a general election, we are choosing an MP not only for the constituency in which we live, but also for the political party that we want to form the government to lead the country. Once in government, the leader of the party with the greatest number of MPs becomes the Prime Minister and appoints some MPs to be ministers. The government seeks to make their election promises into new laws. Let's talk to Darren Jones. He's the Labour MP for Bristol Northwest about the role of an MP and how Parliament makes laws. Darren, thank you so much for agreeing to take part in our Kids Law podcast. Can you please explain what an MP does? Well, thanks, Alma and Lucinda. It's great to be with you on your podcast today. From my perspective, an MP does three things. They have to represent their constituents in Parliament on issues that they are worried about or want you to represent them about. And you provide a service, a little bit like a lawyer sometimes, helping your constituents solve their own problems. So sometimes people have problems with their visa or they might have problems uh, getting their universal credits or they might have problems with housing. And we tend to help constituents try to fix those problems. And then the third thing that we do is we do things on behalf of the whole country, not just our own constituents or our own constituency. And so we work in different policy areas and perform different roles in trying to make the country the best possible country it can be for everyone. I have heard about how lawyers and judges have to use law to solve problems. And they say that it is an MP who makes the laws. How does this work? So it's quite a complicated process and it can sometimes take a little bit of time to make a new law. So what normally happens is the government, who has a majority of MPs in the House of Commons, will put forward a draft new law. And then all of us in the House of Commons, the House with the Green Benches, we talk about that and we say what we think about it. And that's called second reading. Then some of us come together in what's called a committee and go by it line by line before it then comes back to everybody in the House to have another chat about it, to look at how it may be changed since we first looked at it. When we're happy with that in the House of Commons and we decide whether we're happy or not by voting for it, it then goes down the corridor to the House of Lords, uh, which is the House of the Red Seats, and they do pretty much the same type of thing. And if they're happy with it and we're happy with it, it then goes off to the Queen and the Queen signs it and then it becomes law. Have you ever been involved in creating a new law or have you got a good idea to change or create a new law? So all MPs are involved in new laws pretty much every week. And there's always some new law that's going through the House of Commons where we're all involved in those discussions and those votes. I'm in the team that didn't win the most number of MPs at the last election. So I'm in what's called the opposition. And as an opposition MP, you get less opportunity to change the law compared to being in government. But recently I managed to change the law because we have a raffle in Parliament called the Private Members Bill. And you write your name next to a number at the start of each session after the Queen has been. And the Deputy Speaker pours numbers. And if your number gets called, you get the opportunity to 
make a small change to the law in what's called a private member's bill. And I managed to do that in the last session by changing the law to improve the quality of something called forensic services, which essentially makes it easier for the police and what's called the Crown Prosecution Service to prosecute criminals so that victims can get justice. Can you tell us more about why you decided to leave legal practice to become a politician? How does it feel to be making laws instead of putting laws into practice? So I very much enjoy being a lawyer. I was a solicitor as opposed to being a barrister. And my area of law was looking at telecommunications. So kind of your mobile telephone or your internet and thinking about things like how do we protect your data and protect consumers. And I enjoy doing that very much. But ultimately, that doesn't change things in the country. And if you want to change things for the better, you can do that in a number of ways. And one of those ways is by becoming a politician and trying to affect change at a national level, which is why I decided to become a politician. I know you have to be elected by your constituents to become a politician. How does that work? And what did you have to do to be elected? So the first thing that most politicians do is you've got to pick a team to be part of. And so I'm part of the red team, uh, which is the Labour Party. Other people decide to be part of the blue team, which is the Conservatives. And we have a yellow team, which are the Liberal Democrats or the Scottish National Party as well in Scotland. And we have a green team called the Green Party. And sometimes we have some other teams, but there's not very many more than that. So you pick a team. And then if you want to be an MP, you have to persuade the members in your team to pick you to be their candidate. And if they decide to pick you, your next job is then to persuade the public to vote for you in the particular area, which we call a constituency, uh, that you want to represent. And that means knocking on lots of doors and talking to lots of people and saying hello and introducing yourself and asking if they might vote for you. It means delivering lots of leaflets uh, and letters through letterboxes. It means going on TV and radio and essentially trying to explain to people why you want to be their local MP and then When the election happens, everyone gets their ballot paper and they vote for who they want and whoever gets the most votes becomes the MP. Sometimes when I see or hear MPs in the Houses of Parliament, it sounds as if they are arguing and being rather rude to each other. Why do they do that as children get told by adults not to be rude? (laughs) So I hope that we're not rude to each other. There are certain rules in Parliament that we have to comply with. And if we are rude or we say things that we're not supposed to say, the Speaker of the House of Commons can tell us off and can kick us out as well. And actually, if we're really naughty, the Speaker can stop us being paid for a number of days, which sometimes happens. Happened recently, actually, when an MP said something about the Prime Minister in a way that you're not supposed to. And the Deputy Speaker cancelled her pay for the day. So we are supposed to follow certain rules and be polite to each other. But ultimately, the House of Commons is set up in a way that is quite combative so you're facing each other across the floor of the house and you're trying to win your argument and people can be quite energized or emotive about certain issues and sometimes that might make it sound as if we're being rude to each other but it is supposed to be done in a very professional and respectful way. What do you yourself do as an MP in Parliament? So in addition to everything that I do on behalf of my constituents I have a particular job um, chairing something called a select committee And what a select committee does is it holds the government to account for its decisions. So when you become an MP, if you're in government, sometimes you become a minister and it's your job every day to make decisions and spend money running things like schools. And then there is a committee chaired by people like me that then 
ask you how you spent that money and whether you spent it in the right way and how you can do things better. And so I chair the committee that looks at issues related to climate change and energy, businesses and jobs, and also a little bit to related to national security. And in order to become the chair of a committee, you need to win another vote of all the MPs in the House of Commons, which I did. And that takes up a lot of what I do every day on top of my work for my constituents. I often say to my constituents that I'm their voice in Parliament and their champion in Bristol. And what that means is that when I speak in Parliament on behalf of my constituents, it's not necessarily just what I think about something. It's what I understand my constituents to think about something. And that can be quite difficult because I represent, if you include children who obviously can't vote, it's about 100,000 people. And understandably, 100,000 people don't always agree on everything. So sometimes it's difficult to represent them when you just get to say something once. Uh, but I like to think I do a good job of making people feel like their opinions are made forcefully in Parliament. And then the champion in Bristol bit is then supporting people locally. And I mentioned earlier that you might help people with problems, but in addition, a really important job of being an MP is thanking people and celebrating people's success in the things that they do, whether it's in community groups or schools or in their local workplaces, uh, because lots of people do lots of great things. And it's important to say thank you and to congratulate them, as well as to help them when they have problems. I would like to know whether MPs are interested in how laws affect children and how they take the views of children into account. Do you think children's voices are heard when laws are made? I think they can be, but often not well enough because you can only vote for Westminster elections from the age of 18. And so people under the age of 18 don't get to vote for who their member of parliament is. And as a consequence, sometimes the opinions of children and younger people are not always really taken into account because ultimately they can't vote. However, I, and I know a lot of other MPs do as well, spend a lot of time uh, visiting schools, normally on Fridays, and coming into your assembly or coming into your classroom not just to explain what we do as an MP, but to listen to the things that you care about. And also lots of school children write to their MPs. Only today, I had a whole bundle of letters about deforestation in Brazil from children who were worried about climate change and what we could do to persuade the government in Brazil not to do that. And so you do get a feel uh, for what young people are interested in by talking and listening to them, uh, as well as when you have young people who become activists and kind of campaign on issues through the news and through national media as well. Do you think the voting age should be changed from 18 to 16 or even lower across the United Kingdom, as it is now 16 in Scotland, but still 18 in England and Wales and Northern Ireland? So I do think that the voting age should be reduced to 16, because I think that 16 and 17 year olds are perfectly able to take an informed decision about how they want to vote for somebody. And as you say, in Scotland, they can do that already for their devolved administration, and it seems to work perfectly fine. So I think it should be lower. I and others tried to change the law to do that a couple of years ago, but it was rejected by the government. So the government doesn't believe that. And so we've got a bit of work to do to persuade them if we're going to be able to change it. I have a question I ask all of our guests. What were you like at 10? And what did you imagine you'd go on to be as an adult? Good question. So when I was 10, I very nearly became the Milky Bar Kid, Alma, before it was animated, because I was much blonder in my hair. It's a bit darker now. But the sad story is I was too tall to become the Milky Bar Kid. So I got to the final and then didn't make it through. So my, my life as a celebrity didn't quite pan out as I'd hoped. Uh, and instead, I thought when I was 10 that I might like to become a doctor. 
And so I did a lot of science at school and went to university before I became a lawyer. And I first got interested in politics a little bit older than 10. I was about 11 or 12 when my party became the party of government. And I and my family benefited enormously from that period of time. And it was at that time that I first got interested in the idea that politics could really help improve people's lives. Darren, thank you so much for helping us understand the work of an MP and how they make laws. Do you have any final advice for children who want to understand more about how laws are made or be involved in an area that improves the way that laws are made? So I would encourage everybody listening to make sure that you contact your MP and to make sure they know about the things that you care about. And if they do come to your school, to be brave and put your hand up and ask questions, because as I said earlier, MPs have to listen to their constituents to understand what they care about. And it's really important that all young people and children take the opportunity, even though they can't vote, to make sure that they get their points across to their MPs. Well, Alma, what do you think about what Darren Jones told us? Darren said he'd like the voting age to be lowered to 16 years, as it seems to be working well in Scotland. And this would be a good way that politicians would listen more to the views of young people. He said that he was the elected representative for Bristol Northwest, as there are nearly 100,000 people, it was sometimes difficult to represent all the different opinions. But to do this, he makes sure he visits schools, community groups and other local organisations like hospitals to listen to people and their views. It sounds as if MPs are very busy in Parliament. In our podcasts, we've been exploring how laws work and affect young people. All of these things can help children understand their rights and responsibilities so they can make informed decisions, not only about their lives, but also about voting for MPs who make the laws and understanding how the legal justice system works. It's also important that children know they should be kept safe and that adults must care for them. Remember, if you have any worries, talk to an adult you trust and tell them how you feel. This includes your teachers at school who are there to look after you too. So tell them that you need to talk to them. You can find more information on Kids Law Info website. Keep your questions coming in. We really want to hear from you. So subscribe, rate and share with your friends. See you soon on the next episode. Bye! Bye.